Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God on our lives. The title of this message is Close But No Cigar. I suppose I could have named it Spitting in the Wind After Eating a Can of Sardines, but that title was a little less appealing, and although I think sardines are quite tasty, I'm just not a spitter. Oh, see, there I go again with me stuff. Let's move on to you stuff. There's this way of thinking that goes something like this. I'm a good person, so God would never send me to hell. With the likes of Hitler and Stalin, no way would he send me to dwell with Satan and the angels who fell with him, would he? Revelation 12:4. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. That's not a God I want to know after all. Look at all the good things I have done. He just wouldn't ignore that effort, right? I have a good deeds resume for God's sake, literally speaking. Besides, I am so much better than you know. You fill in the blank. Blah, blah, blah. I was this person before I had an epiphany that it did not matter to God what I thought about my heavenly resume. He established the rules, not I. I did not run anything well in my life prior to him and I only barely get it right now, sometimes. In my 28 years as a Christian, I have seen and been a lot of different versions of what a Christian is supposed to be. At times I thought that maybe I was better off going to hell. At least I knew what to expect and why I was going. Sometimes God is so hard to figure out. And unfortunately, the God-know-it-all still don't really help. In fact, many of them scatter when hell seems to have appeared on earth to take you or me out. You always know who is really committed to you when the devil shows up UFC style. Of course, sometimes you just need everyone out of the way so that God can do his work. And what is more difficult still is when God sends you on a different path than they, and neither of you understand why. But so then I realize that the devil has no concern about getting you to hell. He is not witnessing or trying to convince anyone that hell is going to be a hoot. I know you listen to some people talk and you would think that hell will be one long, very long party. I am very visual, so when I think about being in a perpetual fall, in complete darkness, burning up with unquenchable thirst, and carrying around in my body all manner of cursed diseases and sickness this world ever did see, while worms feast on me forever, is so far removed from my definition of fun that it also makes it hard to believe anyone else would enjoy the journey. I assure you, hell is not a never-ending Super Bowl Bud Light commercial. When you think about the fact that hell was created for the devil and his minions, one must think of the wrath of God has against such an earthly roaming beast that not only took out his son, but perpetually harasses those in whom his son saved. Then you may draw a more accurate picture of hell. Scripture break, Luke 16, 19, 31. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. You see, there was no angels for the rich man. Anyways, verse 23. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus at his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, 
for I am in torment in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. You see, Satan is only trying to keep you from going to heaven. This is easy for him if you think that you are all that in a bag of chips. You see, your ignorance of God makes Satan's job easy. He depends on our laziness and lethargy. He especially enjoys it when we are religious, because not only are we not getting into heaven, but we then take others along with us. Surely they would have agreed to go with you, thinking that you know best. But wow, what a letdown when you get there. As Yoda would quip, friend, you no longer be. Matthew 23:15. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. And when he is one, you make him twice as much of a son of hell as yourselves. Being nice for a day, good to some people, generous to a thousand homeless peeps, going to church, tithing, reading your Bible, praying, operating in the supernatural gifts, fasting and walking a certain way, Sierra Smith for translation, is not the way to the way of the way. Acts 9.2, if he found any who were of the way. Acts 24.22, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, When Lysias, the commander, comes down, I will make a decision on your case. John 14.6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the only way to get there. John 3, 1 through 12. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Before I go on, listen to what that just said. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. So if you don't believe in God, you don't get it, you won't get it, you can't get it. Be okay with that. It's your choice, remember? Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? Now we all know that Jesus already knew this, right? Verse 11. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know, and we testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, 
How will you believe it if I tell you heavenly things? This is one way to being deceived that you are going there. Matthew 7, 21, 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Another way of saying this is not everyone who's been nice for a day, good to some people, generous to a thousand homeless peeps, going to church, tithing, reading your Bible, praying, operating in supernatural gifts, fasting, and walking a certain way is not going to enter the kingdom of God. Wow, so here again I would drop the mic, but the boom holds it up. So you say, Ken, you have touched on some things that should be important to do as Christians, right? Yes, I have, and it is for a reason. So that we are not mistaken, being generous to a thousand homeless peeps, going to church, tithing, reading your Bible, praying, operating in supernatural gifts, fasting, and walking a certain way is what we should be doing as Christians. But, and wait for it, in all that we are doing for God, he has to be the primary purpose we breathe. Knowing God for who he is and obeying what he is asking us to do is the key. He states, I never knew you. This is why we must be paying attention to the things going on. Not everyone who says that I am a believer is walking in that statement. In fact, it looks like some are even hiding behind the gifts of God. Close is no cigar. Let's look at Nicodemus. He was a very religious man, doing, doing, doing. He was as close to what a Christian might look like, and still he wasn't in. He was destined to live in a place created for Satan. And the fallen angels, after a lifetime spent, looking religious and doing religious things. Yikes! That's a big mess. I'm not sure what is worse, thinking you are living for God and going to hell in the end, or just getting there hoping Bud Light is forever served on tap, only to find out that you have been bamboozled. Probably thinking that you are living for God, that would be such a letdown. Okay, so we see how Peter defines what it looks like down here and how God, who created those fluffy, feathery foes, stuck to his plan because part of being a Christian is wanting to know God in every imaginable way possible and expending your life to do so. You do this and you will have no worries. You will no longer try and earn salvation by daily redefining what a good deed is and the value you place on it in the context of God and his plan. Second Peter 2, 1-22 but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of the truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. 
for that righteous man dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to preserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels, who are greater in power and might, do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness, as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his inequity. A dumb donkey, speaking with the man's voice, restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Verse 18, For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the one who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better, for it would have been better for them to not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow, having washed to her wallowing in the mire. So the wrap-up is simply this. Be sure you are an authentically born-again believer, doing all of the things that Nicodemus did with the caveat that you are doing so, because you want to know God, that you want to be in relationship with the only God to have ever existed, who framed the world for our good pleasure and offered the self-same world as a testing ground for those in whom he has predestined and called into the family of God. If you have been born again but do not have anything in place in order that you be protected from those Peter was sharing about, then by all means necessary to you, get equipped for the work of ministry and then work in the ministry according to how God has called and equipped you. No, you cannot earn salvation any more than a soldier can earn freedom from duty without fighting in a war. Keep in mind you can be lured away from God, and it can take place fairly easily. If you look at King David and read about his affair with Bathsheba, of note, interesting, her name includes the word bath, as she was bathing when David spied her out and sent her a text message. David was blind to the trap Satan had set before him, and I say this because it took a prophet of God, Nathan, to share a sort of parable with David to awaken his memory. 2 Samuel 11 and 12 David was blinded to the trap Satan set before him, 
And I say this because it took a prophet of God, Nathan, to share a sort of parable with David to awaken his memory from sin blindness. 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. Oh, how the people of God would struggle with this. Solomon as well. We see how he was lured away by women not of the stock of God, who turned his heart from following God absolutely. He was the smartest or wisest man to have ever existed, and it still happened to him. Now I know you're different, and that just could never have happened to you, but keep in mind it has happened to the best of them and to us. It has happened to some well-equipped to fight extraordinary spiritual battles. To those who know better and even teach the sheep not to do what they may one day do. If we go back to Peter, who well knows what it's like to reject his best friend, and after boasting in front of the others that they may, but not him. Nope, he would never deny Jesus. He did so. Yes, this event qualifies him to chat with us for a moment. See how fragile he defines even the righteous who are saved. 1 Peter 4.18 And if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Listen, keep listening to my messages, and I assure you that you will grow if you respond as God reveals to you what, if any, part of the message is tailored for you. My 100% desire is to help Christians grow so that we can stand in a unified spiritual strength. I believe as the body of Christ is built up on the strengths, talents, giftings, and calling of God, then revival will come to infuse the work of God. It's His desire that we soldier on as Christians. Keep in mind, close but no cigar is really talking about Christians being Christians and then falling away. You almost got there but didn't make it in the end. I want to make sure you make it across the finish line. I want you to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, that's it for today. Hopefully you are more inclined to eat a fresh can of sardines after this impromptu shout out for our little canny friends. But if not, that's okay. So I said it before and I will say it again. Most of my messages are for the believer because the rest of you who don't want to live in the greatest place to have ever existed, with the one and only God to have ever existed, won't hear what I'm saying. But then God did add to the church those who were being saved, so perhaps this will sink in. You can visit the book of Acts for more on that. Remember, it's not what you find wrong with or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.